welcome to The League Life, episode 15. My name is Sam Shinazi. They call me Shnaz. I'm here with my colleague and my good buddy, Nathan Brooks. We call him Brooksy. Brooksy, how you doing, sir? How was your weekend? Great, Shnaz. It was a good long weekend. Went mm. down the south coast, visited the folks, which was good. They've got a new dog, Pepper. Pepper. As they've named her, because she's a black and white border collie. Mm. So, yeah, it was it was quite fun. Got to catch up with the folks, play with the the newest addition to our family and uh yeah got to got to see what the south coast has to offer how was your weekend schnaz oh it was pretty good it was pretty good uh we got out to a place called the shark island brewery and i have to just say you know cash for comment right now the shark island brewery are a proud sponsor of the shark cast cronulla sharks only podcast and what what happens down there is it's like four or five guys local guys they brew their own beer, and it's called Shark Island, and it's nothing to do with the Cronulla Sharks. It's to do with all the surfing locations in Cronulla. And so each spot has a, a brew named after them, different sort of lager and oh, pale nice. ale, and they're doing really well. And they every Saturday, they open up their place for a, an open house, pretty much, and you can just hang out, drink the beer. They have food truck. They had bovine and swine, a really good barbecue place from Enmore, come down and, and do um, brisket sandwiches and that kind of stuff. Oh. And it was killer. So anyone listening... Head down to the Shire every Saturday. They're on Facebook, Shark Island Brewery, and it's it's a lot of fun. I took little Chester down there, my young fella, and and it's you know it's a very friendly vibe and and not overly loud or anything. Big space just to hang out, and a lot of Sharks fans there talking about you know <laughs> the year ahead and getting my thoughts on it, which was interesting. But yeah, had a, had a good time. Aside from that, had a few Easter eggs. People are dying to know Brooksy. Cold War kids, how was it? Yeah, it was an awesome gig, Schnaz. It was, took a few friends with me, my girlfriend. So they hadn't really seen them live before. And I was hoping that they would do a bit of a back catalog of their their songs and albums. And they did. There, there wasn't too much new stuff. And it was a really good venue. The Metro, very intimate. So quite close to the stage. They sounded really good. Got to have a few at the opera bar beforehand, which was good. Went to this cocktail bar, Bulletin Place. It's in near the basement there at the Key. They do the best penicillin cocktail. It's like a, a scotch, a whiskey, two blends of whiskey in with like lemon, ginger and honey. It's so good. After dinner, a cocktail like that whoa, goes down so well. But yeah, they, they were really good. I, I, was, I was happy that uh, they played well and the other three people that I went with really enjoyed it. So yeah, it was a, it was a great gig. Can't wait for the next one. Speaking of music, Brooksy, I have to let everyone know, and they probably already know, I'm late to the party, which for me, Brooksy, when I discover a band, I'm either the first to discover them or the last, there's no in between. A band called Alves, A-L-V-V-A-Y-S, from Canada. I think they're a kind of young band. They've released one album, yeah, and they're actually in the country touring um, in early March. So I heard the album a week later after they left the country. Yeah, I, I'm pretty gutted because I think it's the best album I've heard in a long, long time. Uh, very remi- reminiscent of a band from the early 90s, a Sydney band called The Hummingbirds, which they've openly acknowledged as being an influence to them. So um, so that's a band I've been listening to a lot. Why do they call it Ovaltine? The mug is round. The jar is round. They should call it Round Team. <laughs> that's gold, Jerry. Gold! Brooksy, we're at the end of round four, and what a round four it was. Started off on Good Friday with two contrasting games, you'd say. They're saying, Matty Johns was saying, the, the best sort of 
regular season game we've ever seen. I'm not sure about that. But we started off Canterbury v South Sydney, and what a demolition that was. Yeah, the first half, it was an annihilation from the Bulldogs. They led 32-0 at halftime. They completed their first 19 sets of the game. It was like watching one of those UFC fights. You know, it was over pretty early. You wanted the ref to intervene, but... Yeah, the Bulldogs were impressive. Everyone thought that the turnaround from the Sunday slugfest for South against the Dragons would have been played a part, and it certainly did. They, you know, no Sam Burgess. They they really got destroyed in that first half, and that set the platform for for the match. And yeah, it was an impressive performance. It wasn't a good Friday for South fans, that's for sure. It's interesting, Brooks. You take Sam Burgess out of there, you count for the fact that. Canterbury were really good, but maybe there is a bit of a difference in the teams this year because as one player removed, and you're saying South played in a bit of sludge or whatever, but they were terrible. Look, I I would discount it if I'm a South fan. Just some of those games, sometimes you just need to to put in the past, take what you can from it, and move on. And that's South have to do that. And look, teams do get beaten by that by those sort of similar margins and still go on to have a successful season. Now, you are not alone in your thoughts, but you did say that the Bulldogs had the best pack in our previews this season. And I'm just wondering right now who's going to stop them because they are just a force to themselves and the mobility is ridiculous, the energy... And also just the athleticism and the talent. And even, we also predicted this, a guy, Tony Williams, contract time, cometh the money, cometh the man. He's been the difference because they're not just carrying him anymore. He's really putting in. Yeah, and that's the strength of the Bulldogs pack. Like they've got six to eight guys that can really step up at any given time. And... And yeah, he, he's been playing well. And he doesn't need to put in numbers. Like, I think Clemmer got over 200 metres in the game, which was quite impressive. But he doesn't need to do that. He just needs to run on that edge and to create some havoc. And that's it's not necessarily what he's doing directly. It's what's indirectly happening after those runs that he's making. And, and he's playing his part. And this is, this is the beauty of the Bulldogs pack, that they've got that. And I also wanted to touch on the hooker role as well, Shnaz, because... Remember, Souths, ironically enough, signed Damien Cook from the Bulldogs for this season. And Craig Garvey stepped up and played that role well since Michael Leisha got injured in round one. Yeah, he's an old dragon. He, he's come from the Dragons. Obviously, they had a, a situation where they were giving Mitch Rain quite a bit of time. So he, he was told to move on. And, and yeah, he's, he's performing well for the Bulldogs. I reckon Bulldogs fans have been quite happy with his performances to start the season. I wonder what sort of a hooker really suits the Bulldogs the best because a guy like Alicia, he's come from Cronulla. He's actually a little bit flash. He's, he's like a... When, when Robbie Farrow was actually a really, really great player, he's role-modelled in the same way. Very kind of attacks the line, engages the line, creative, can kick, tackles like a mofo. But since he's come to the Dogs, he's, been, he's played a lot more simpler game, which has worked to an extent. And guys like Garvey come in, and, you know, Garvey's not the greatest hook in the world, but he's doing his job, as you say. I wonder if that's all they need, just a, a catch-and-pass man, kick, tackle, like just a traditional hooker. Well, yeah, like we said about the pack, they've been playing really well. You just need that hooker to give them the ball. They've got, play, like, they've got pretty much props that are playmakers. Into, oh, well, James Graham is. You know, he can distribute the ball quite well. But an interesting uh, 
game, shall we say, was by South's prop Dave Tyrrell. Uh, we were talking about it in the stats bunker here at Fox on the night. We thought there must have been an error with his stats going through with his runs. He had one run in the game, Schnaz, and it happened in the 78th minute. I don't know. Like, I'm not going to bag him out or anything because I don't know what happened. He might have had an injury or something that he acquired early in the game and he was just trying to play out the game. But, mate, what a, what a time to take your first hit up down by 30 with two minutes to go. Mm, yeah, so... Someone's gone missing, I think. Yeah. But, yeah, like, it could be an injury. And, and that's... I don't want to discount a performance where he might have been playing with something you just but yeah let's let's move right along shall we yes. <laughs> i'll tell you what brooksy i sat there and watched the grand final replay and it was a cracker it was wonderful the players afterwards were interviewed and and the brisbane players saying oh you know is this revenge is this is this does this make up for it which is the most stupidest question i've ever heard and rightly so, they answered intelligently and said, don't be stupid. An outstanding game from a neutral fan to watch. Exciting. I'm not into Golden Point. I stand by that by that notion, but it did get exciting in that period. Ben Hunt took the ball in Golden Point. I thought, oh, please catch it. Please catch it. And he caught it. And uh, the game stars were on were on display. And the kickoff as well, Shaz. It was sort of like a little prayer sign that he did yeah, just man. before he called it. I was saying one too. It was quite funny. I was saying one too for him. <laughs> he he he's gotten past that. He's he's fine. He's he's playing he's playing well. And Milford is absolutely killing it. He's he's in another level. Yeah, I was going to say the two performances that stood out for me were Anthony Milford and James Roberts. They were amazing. I, we had a look at the stats and it was the first time Roberts ran for over 200 metres in a game. Uh, it was after the season that he he's had so far and there was pressure sort of starting to mount to perform because he obviously came from the Titans, had a really good season there and we were saying, is it a bad team, good player sort of situation? And he performed. He played really well. The Cowboys didn't really have an answer for him up the middle, you know. And it was, did you watch the Fox coverage where Mal predicted that, you know, around the 20th minute he'll start chiming into the middle when the forwards get tired? And then, sure enough, I think it was the 22nd minute, bang, up the middle, Milford try in the corner. It was an amazing try, too. I think sometimes it's hard for a centre to get involved. I know that's a, you know, suggestive statement, but. For a guy like Roberts, I wasn't overly worried. I didn't think he'd lost his touch. The media was sort of getting on his back, but he was always going to hit the hit his spot at the right time, and he did. And you have to remember, he's a, he's out in the edges, and okay, he can come in and do some dummy half runs, but the ball has to also get to him as well. So it's it's the team's responsibility, and it's his responsibility. At the Sharks, the same thing happens with Valentine Holmes. He doesn't get the ball. Okay, go get the ball, but at the same time, You've got two halves, they can come find you. So, yeah. Roberts was great. Uh, if he is half as good as that every week, he'll be fine. They, they, he's a great acquisition. Coming into an established team already too, there was going to be those that bit of rust early on and he's certainly shaken that off playing one of the best teams in the league. And, you know, the question is, Shnaz, I think you did touch on it with there's been so many regular season games over the course of the the Premiership. And particularly the ones that you haven't seen back in the day. Obviously, in recent times, do you re- I, the the question that I like to pose? Did you think that was a better game than the grand final? As as a game, it probably was. It just didn't have that uh, prize at the end of it. But it was probably slightly better as a game from start to finish. Yes, 
It was interesting, though. Brisbane did start falling back on their need to kick for touch and, and, and settle the game. and It was, it was pretty much a, a dead-set replay in a lot of ways with a different ending. But they played very similar styles, which isn't a crazy notion given that, you know, it wasn't that long ago. But I kind of thought, oh, maybe they might have learnt to play a different way. But obviously that's the way they like to play. Wayne Bennett likes to just grind it out and, and kick for touch and, and, and try and slow that clock down. So it worked for him this time. The thing I noticed too, because both games with the Cowboys, they were coming from behind in the second half. And the one player that stood out to me, the one player that they've they trusted in both games to lay the platform for the backs, Jason Talmalolo, he really steps up when they need their forwards the most. And he, he again, racked up a, another near 200-meter performance. I think he had similar numbers in the grand final where he was just taking those 8, 10, 12-meter runs up the middle when... You know, the Broncos were sort of getting a bit more defensive. You know, he's pushing that defensive line back and, and kept him in the game again. And mm. like you saw, you have a look at the pack's numbers and he just stands out uh, from the Cowboys anyway. But yeah, another good performance. He's definitely firming as one of the good or one of the better forwards in the NRL. And he, I was having a look at the numbers as well. So he's already acquired 700 metres this year, the most of any forward. He just has to maintain that hunger because in years gone by, he'll be amazing for, say, 15 of the 26 games. And then he it doesn't go missing, but he doesn't have that same power. So mm. if he can do it week in, week out to an extent, I know yeah. it's probably hard to do that every week. But and Yeah, I was thinking with the Cowboys, it's he's probably not required to do that because Maybe, they yeah. are taking a, a firm lead. Imagine if he's playing on a team where, you know... Uh, not as strong as the Cowboys. Imagine what numbers he'd be putting mm. up, and that would be an interesting thing. Maybe um, Jason needs to maybe find a new team next contract so we can see what skills he provides. I think there's two uh, southern teams in Sydney that would be uh, looking for him. Ain't that right, Schnaz? Oh, we do have a lock forward retiring <laughs> soon. That's interesting you say that. Yeah. Brooksy, Saturday night, I know you're out there gallivanting around the city, singing along I'm not going to say out of tune because I wasn't there, but singing along. No, that's a that's a correct assessment of the night, Chaz. Did anyone stop you on that? Or <laughs> I've got a story, but it's <laughs> come on, let's hear it. No, 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 no. Let's talk about league. I'll I'll tell you afterwards. If you want to know the story, just tweet me because okay, you're you going to get know, some I'll, tweets. I'll I'll, uh, I'll go through it. Hashtag Brooks Cold War Kids. There were two close games on Saturday night, and they're both pretty good games. The Titans, who you and I have a bit of a soft spot for this year. Oh, it's softening. Don't worry about that. They won somehow against Canberra. They were down by a lot of points with not very much time to go. A little bit of a controversial ending, but they really earned the victory. Like The Titans, they never gave up. Great forward pack. And people are going to think that they're easy beats this year, and they're not. They're... they're I'm not going to say they're going to win the comp, but they're a tough team. They won't be chalking of two points when you're going up to Seabus, that's for sure. No. But, you know, they're winning away from home. Yeah. It was a close contest. Canberra were, were good. Canberra were good. They gave away some penalties. They were they just didn't play smart rugby league. Ricky Stewart would have been filthy at them. Frank Paul Newasala gave away a penalty from a kickoff with about five that. minutes to go. And that pretty much changed the game. And it was ridiculous. And 
The last try was controversial. The touch judge told the referee, Henry Paranaro, that he saw the ball being grounded. You got the impression Henry was going to say no try. The video, to me, was inconclusive. I'm not going to say it wasn't, but the Titans won, and like I said, they deserved it. Pretty good game. Canberra bounced back. Yeah, I saw looking through the highlights and the stats and whatnot, they were up 20-6 to with 16 to go. Like the Raiders were probably look at this guys with with three and three wins and one draw. What a start! Counting the chickens already, but yeah, the t- Titans looking at the numbers played pretty well. And it's a third time in the last four years that they've been three and one to start a season. If you take away the effort and and winning away from home, the fact they were down by fourteen points with almost as many minutes to go. That, to me, shows a team that's committed and plays well together and won't give up. And in the NRL these days, that's a that's a mighty fine attribute to have. How was Ryan James Schnaz? 19 runs, 167 metres and 35 tackles off the bench. He was fantastic, actually. He was noticeably impressive. He's matured so much in the, probably in the last year. I maintain since he got a haircut, actually. But... He he was almost unstoppable, and I I think he's he's fan, playing fantastic. He's got to come. Laurie's got to surely have him in consideration for an Origin spot. Look, he's tough. He's playing a lot smarter. Yeah, still aggressive. Yeah, and I wouldn't have a problem with him being in my, any of my teams. He's he's fantastic. Zeb Taylor as well, Brooksy, has grown the hair, and he's playing really well on that left edge. And again, a, a forward they would have picked up for. You know, not huge money from yeah. the Super League. Yeah. And a name that you and I might have gone, oh, yeah, Zeb Taylor, cool. But he's playing out of his skin. And it's always, when when players like that play out of their skin, it's it means the stars, in inverted commas, like Greg Bird and the more experienced players can can do their own job. They don't have to lift other people up. Yeah. And that's what we've been talking about this pack. And it's not necessarily they've got the big names. They've just got a very good depth. They've got they've got guys, established players there, setting the platform for their young backs to go out and create. And, you know, Ash Taylor, Nene McDonald, they've all been playing well in the in- initial part of the season. David Mead, they're really starting to gel as a team. And Neil Henry, again, you know, he's got to be up there for if we had coach of the month, you know, over the first, for March, he's got to be in consideration. Back in Sydney, we had a close game. A team desperate, Sydney Roosters, at home to Manly. Roosters again put in a good effort, and much like the game earlier in the day, a controversial ending. There were a bunch of no tries from the bunker. Uh, most of them seem correct. This last one is very, very iffy and involved Mitch Orbison being onside from a kick. And the video suggests that he was very, 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 very close to it. I don't know about both feet, which I believe is the ruling, but, uh, you know, common sense would say that he was onside and the Roosters may have been rorted. The one team that surely needed to get something go their their way in round four. Uh, so, yeah, it didn't look good from... I, I, I thought that it was a try from when I saw it, but, um, yeah, I... I was going through the stats as well, Schnaz, knowing that you were auditing it, mm. as I do, mm. checking your numbers. Sean Kenny Dow, in game number 200, had 194 metres. 
Just give him the six meters. So we've got some synergy going on, Shnaz. What happened there? No, nah, he he obviously he had a really good game. I think he's leading the league in tackle bus. He was their leading light. He was their one hope. Yeah, that was the same case at the Cowboys game. He really he really put in I'm not a huge fan of his work, but he really put in, he was pretty safe and if the rest of them had played with that same attitude, they would have won the game by 30. He was that outstanding. They're lacking some direction in the halves. Pierce will help with that a lot. Nikarima came on from the bench uh, later in the game and didn't provide too much. Hastings, he did an okay job steering them around, but he needs a lot of help. He's young. From what I saw, it was his best game of the season. Yeah, and, and his, his kicks were were quite good, and but they were relying on that a bit too much. Yeah. Uh, Latrell Mitchell had a pretty unhappy game, falling all over the place. A bit, a bit of a dark week for the young stars. We'll get to Valentine soon as well. But yeah. uh, Latrell wasn't too great. He was slipping and sliding all over the place. But it's going to happen. Yeah, it's, he's a young, young kid. I tell you, I tell you what wasn't cool in my book. Guys like Jamie Lyon in particular, on at least two occasions, running up to him after he's made a mistake and rubbing him on the head and saying, "You know, you'd be right, you'd be right," but in a real smart aleck kind of way. Yeah, Just, yeah. I know they're in inverted commas, grown men out there and superstars and professionals. But is it really required? <laughs> Those teams were both desperate for a win, Schnaz, and I, I'm guessing that you'll do anything, whatever it takes, yeah. to get that win. And Manly, obviously, were at one and two start. They wanted to get another win, um, get a bit of a roll on it. It's going to be tough now. DCE's out for a while. So, you know, although they did win the game, they've, they've got some... Tough times ahead without their million-dollar man. When Jason Street went down the first game of the season, everybody wrote us off. Everybody. And yet here we are at the championship game. 40,000 people out there have also written us off. There are a few out there who do still believe in you. If you'll never give up on you. You go back out on the field, those are the people I want in your minds. Those are the people I want in your hearts. Now, Sunday afternoon, Brooksy, you were back in the motherland, down south, south, south of Sydney. And I can only imagine you had a great time. Oh, it was, it was really good to be down there. I haven't been down at a game at Wynn Stadium since... They first reopened Wynn Stadium when they were constructing the Western Stand. And I made a bit of a day of it. I was doing a bit of reporting for the league life, checking out Wynn Stadium. Obviously, the small stadium situation's been in the news recently. And I had such a good day down there, Shnaz, not just because they won, but because of what that area provides. There's so many little bars and restaurants around Wynn Stadium. The parking's really good. The brewery within Wynn Entertainment Center, where the Illawarra Hawks play in the NBL, there's a brewery next door to the ground. Uh, awesome beers. It was it was quite a good day. I took my girlfriend down there. I think on on Twitter I posted a photo of her sleeping on the way down in the car. So uh, yeah, she was really primed for a great afternoon at the footy. Back to the game itself, and it was it was it was a very very similar game to what we had last week with Souths where there there wasn't much scoring of points. There was quite a few errors. The weather was... It was a gorgeous day down there. Both teams struggled to put some points on the board. But uh, yeah, again, they're winning... 
Dragons are winning those close, low-scoring games, which is what they need to do. And also what they need to do is probably do some attacking at training. Yeah, look, Brooksy, I audited the first half. And for those unaware... That's a shift in itself, isn't it? It is a shift. For those unaware of what we do here at Fox Sports (laughs) in the auditing department, we watch every moment of every play in slow motion, pretty much. And there was a lot of points in it and not too many line breaks. And... Both teams had a lot of opportunities, but you know what? You guys won the game, and you looked a lot better in the second half. Penrith concerned me. It's the discipline. Ten first-half penalties. Mm. And as a Dragons fan, I was obviously booing, get onside, get onside, all this different stuff. But the funny thing was, Penrith just really slowed down the ruck. They dropped the ball... They miss tackles. Like, you look at that, 10 first-half penalties. They missed 35 tackles in the game and had 15 errors. They should have put more points on the board, and that would have closed out the game. There was a pass from dummy half out into touch. Yeah. There was terrible offloads. There was decision-making just before half-time where Cartwright threw this ball out the back. And it was like a minute to go on the second tackle. Yeah. And it's like, hold the ball, grind out the half. They really, for having Soward and Wallace there, they really lacked that control. And boy, I'll tell you what, though, Schnaz, like their outside backs were amazing. Mansour and Watin Zelezniak. Mansour made two, nearly 250 meters. It was the most meters by a player this year. I, there was one hit up where he was carrying players with him. There was, I think there had to be a fourth player to slow him down. Not stop him, slow him down and slowly guide him to the ground. He's a massive weapon for the Panthers. If he's fit, he's one of the best wingers in the comp. Uh, I'm glad you brought up the halves situation. They don't impress me. I feel like they need to make some massive changes. Tamari Martin should be the sixth. I've got no issue there. He's a young gun. He's ready to go. Didn't have a great game, but he's shown that he can compete at the highest level already. I am very worried about the halfback situation. I'm not convinced by Soward or Wallace in this day and age. They've had great careers, but I don't think... Either of them really are going to bring what Penrith need. I don't know what the solution is. I, I don't think they should be automatic starters in the team. Maybe promote some sort of competition there. To, to uh, Yes, they are senior players in the team. But I was watching Sowie's kicks to Nightingale, a player he played with who knows who's solid. And he's putting these like half bombs up. And it's one. he's one of the best leapers in the game, Schnaz. And he's catching them every time. Sowie's been on autopilot for years now. Wallace has looked a lot better at hooker. And so I would probably persist for that while they have some injuries there. Until Segnaro comes back, yeah. But Sowie, I'm not saying his career's over, but either he needs a change or he needs to change the way they play. I don't know if you experiment and and put someone... I guess you can't put someone like Peachy or someone in there because him and Tamari Martin will sort of overrule each other. But you you need to do something, I think, otherwise... uh, the return of Matt Moylan is, is huge for them this week. So that will improve their creativity and maybe that's the answer. Maybe they're just missing him so much. And that's a positive. I was just about to say, Shnaz, that mm-hmm. they've got options. Some yep. teams don't. They've got some options. And it's going to be... I think Penrith fans should... Yeah, they'll be disappointed at one and three, but they've got some building blocks coming back in terms of Moylan that will add a bit more to the attack. Unless you go with Moylan and Martin in the halves. Mm. And I think that was talked about in the preseason, and that could be exciting. 
Another thing I noticed at the game, Shnaz, I, I know we're talking about this game a lot more than the others, it's about the runners, the guys that are out there. So Penrith's runner is Shane Elford, their former winger. Mm. And I saw something that the prob- I don't know if the camera is caught. James Fisher-Harris, one of the younger guys, I think it was around, it would have been the second half because it was a couple minutes before the Peter Hicku try. And Harris tried to sneak out behind the, and they were in attack. So Harris had just, Fisher-Harris made a hit up and he tried to sneak out to do, do a substitution and Elford caught him because Elford was just behind the line, saw behind that he was coming off. He ran down to Fisher-Harris and pushed him towards the attacking line and he was saying some uh, colourful words, let's say, to get him back into the line. The guy was off his feet. Sure enough, a few minutes later, he's popping that offload to put Hiku in for the try. I know we give players try assists, but Elford needed one on that play. And they have such an important role to play in their teams. You do, you know, there, there has been controversy in the past of them getting involved. And, but I saw that and I, I took my hat off. I was, I was saying to my girlfriend there, then she, she wasn't understanding what I was saying, but how much of a big play that was and how much they play an important part in the game. You know who doesn't like trainers on the field? Who? Schnaz. Don't like, don't like it. So you wouldn't have... If you were a Dragons fan, would you have not rated that play? I'm not the guy in the upper ET stand who yells out obscenities to Alan Langer for 80 minutes when Brisbane come to town. I swear to God I'm not. I, I don't have enough care factor to yell out or even care that much. But I have to say, for me, the art of sport is talent within and okay in the nfl they've got someone in their ear saying what to do but to have someone on the field and push them into a hole yeah it kind of loses me a bit i full he credit wasn't, he wasn't no, no, no. passing the ball to hicker full credit to elford <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wrong. Is, i understand what you're saying i appreciate that and i think that he must have done a great job he did his job very well what i'm suggesting is sam Shinazi doesn't like trainers on the field yeah, it was interesting, and I, I was thinking, you know, as putting my stats cap on, I think these some of these ex-players should get more appearances with their clubs. So Elford could be up to six hundred games or whatever it is now with Penrith. Like he just he was one of their best performers of the game. But another good performer. I'm just going to finish with one thing: Jack DeBellin. Trent Merrin was playing, obviously, against the Dragons for the first time, and he was one of the players that needed to step up this year. He has the last two weeks. He's been one of the best forwards for the Dragons. You know, if it, if it takes him to have a vomit at the 65th minute in the middle of Wynn Stadium to do it, so be it. But he's been very good for him. You know, he played a bit of 5-8 last year under Mary, and I think that's done him well. But, yeah, he's made, he's made something like 86 tackles in the last two weeks, and he's... You know, he come, coming off a career best game against South, he's only growing, and that's something for Dragons fans to be excited about, even if it's not uh, putting on points on putting points on the board. But all and another thing, well, actually, one last thing, Gareth Widdop, his goal kicking, it's so important, and we saw that. See he missed his kick from the left mm. to to take the lead or to to push out the lead mm. and gave the Dragons a bit of a sniff. Dugan goes over. Widdop nails one from the side. All right, Brooks, you settle down. I know you had a big day, but we're not anyway, here to talk yeah, about yeah, the Dragons move on. All Sorry, day. sorry, sorry, sorry. I was, I was going in autopilot there. I'll tell you who's happy is the Warriors. The Warriors had their first win of the year. It was a pretty good win. Yeah. Pretty impressive. It's a lot of points. The Knights are yet to win a game. They've drawn one. Uh, I watched this game and worked on this game, Nathan, and... The Warriors, I'm not 
yet confident enough to say they're back. They they went a long way to getting close to being back, but I the opposition wasn't fantastic. Newcastle put in for um, for a part of the game, like they were they were competitive and but they're just a long way away from a lot of the other teams in the NRL, so it's hard to gauge that as well as being at home for the Warriors. Decent crowd, they love the conditions. But having said that, a lot of the players that are key to their campaign this year in RTS, Isaac Luke, Sean Johnson, they were all very impressive. Yeah, 40 to 18. It's been a long time between drinks for Warriors fans. I saw the second half of the game. They just they just annihilated them. It just blew them off the park. Two of us are Sheck. He's been a solid performer over the first four rounds, but he, you know, he started chiming into the attack. Obviously, scoring forty points, the Warriors had a lot of uh, opportunities to do so. So, yeah, he he's starting to find his form. And like we said in previous games and and teams that we've talked about, you know, some of these these teams that have signed playmakers and stars have needed a few weeks to gel and and this is it you know this is the game where they've started to gel Newcastle Knights is an opposition though like they haven't really performed too well to start the year as a Warriors fan Shnaz do you reckon it, it's time to get excited or maybe uh, pump the brakes a bit here they need two or three more wins in the next month to get excited you're only as good as the opposition you play I understand all that but Newcastle have a lot of holes in their team and I don't know what they're going to do, to be honest. I'm not saying it's the end of the world for them. I'm not saying that they should move to Perth. I'm just saying that it's going to be a long year. It may not be as awful as it looks right now, like the Will Jackson wins, but, you know, they're going to be in the bottom three, I would think. And I know that's an obvious statement, having only one point on the ladder, but... It's just not looking good for them. Uh, I have a question for you, though, Brooksy, about the Warriors and the halves situation. Now, I watched Jeff Robson quite closely on the weekend, and I've watched him for the last few years at the Sharks. Does he know that you're watching him so closely, Schnaz? And does Cooper Cronk know that you're watching Robson so closely? Well, we're going to get to Cooper Cronk very soon. Very very interesting times for me and Cooper. I've met Robbo. I've met Robbo twice, actually, Brooksy. Once I had a drinking session with him. You didn't know this story, a ses- you? Is session... Session? A session. Can we go with the word session? Yeah. Oh, jeez. It was at good. the uh, the launch of the first Underbelly DVD. Oh, jeez. <laughs> this is such a Cluedo, like... 07, maybe? Jeff Robson in the brewery at an Underbelly. It wasn't a brewery. It was uh, somewhere in the cross, actually. But it was one of those big promo nights they have. And so I was there with my lady at the time... And, she, you know, she was in the entertainment business. And Jeff Robson's partner was a lawyer, or his, sorry, his, his wife was a, a lawyer or something to do with the people bringing out the DVD. And so he at the time was uh, Matt Orford's understudy. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I didn't really recognize him because he... Yeah. I don't even know if he'd played NRL. But I got chatting with him because he yeah. was the only sort of guy I was talking to. And he's like, oh, I'm a rugby league player. And I was like, yeah. what? <laughs> I said, I'm a rugby league statistician. I don't know who you are. And then I knew, I sort of recognized the name. And he was a lovely guy, really lovely guy. And we, we sunk a few beers. And within a few months, he played NRL for Manly. So that was the first time I met him. And last year, I met him through the Shark Cast. And he's a lovely guy. The, what I'm getting at, Brooksy, in this long one of Jeff Robson podcast is 
do you think he's their best option in the halves? Because I don't. I think so this year. Yeah, definitely. I when you've got two of us as Sheck and Sean Johnson, you don't need an amazing halfback there. I think what Jeff Robson offers complements what those two provide. I don't think he offers enough. I think that that's um, overstated a lot in the media. The talk of him being a great defender, yeah, he can tackle for sure. His kicking game is not great. He provides absolutely nothing in attack, and I stand by that, aside from a show-and-go every now and then. And I'm not having a go at the guy. I'm just saying uh, Lola here, for me, is wasted on the wing, and I wouldn't mind seeing him be incorporated in the halves with Johnson. I know it gets a bit flashy, but I actually think it'll suit them more I just don't think Robson provides enough. In this in this time of his career, he's probably a good backup to have, absolutely. But just something I noticed in the weekend. That's a fair point. I think Lola Hare, I, I enjoyed watching Lola Hare in the halves last year, uh, even though they probably weren't getting that many wins when he was there. But, you know, I don't think that's a nece- necessarily the issue with the Warriors. No. Um, but they need to start winning against some of the better teams, I think, like, like we said. Well, they got the Roosters this week, so... You know, that's going to be one where they're going to have to fire up for and because the Roosters will want to get off that that goose egg. On the, the Central Coast. On the Sunny Coast, yeah. Mm. So, we'll see. We'll see. I think, I, think it could, I think it could work for the next few weeks, but you raise a good point. Parramatta grinded out a win against the West Tigers on, on Monday afternoon. Uh, they won 8-0. A great defensive display from Parramatta. I believe it's their best defence to start the year since, what, 1993? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, early 90s, definitely. That's a big start. 39 points in the opening four weeks that they've conceded. That's great. And That's they've, really good they've played the some really good teams. I was trying to think yeah. back, you know, oh, maybe that's the opposition world. They played both grand finals the first two weeks. And, and that's probably why they're now playing, you know, they've come out and they've played round three and round yeah. four quite well. Yeah, so if they can work on their attack a little bit, they're going to have a fantastic year. And as I think I've said quite a few times now, if they win those games at home, which are so important for all teams, they're really going to be on their way. Just jag a few away wins and they'll be in the finals. Yeah, it's like coincided with Foran coming back into the team after round one. You know, mm. they're 3-0 and now with yeah. him. What about and that? I think, you know, the score could, could have blown out a bit more if it wasn't for some James Tedesco magic, like stopping Semi and Michael Jennings. Yeah, that was pretty impressive. And I was thinking at the time, imagine if Teddy wins a try-scorer's trophy at the end of the year by one try to semi round yeah. draw. We're going to have to go back to round four and remember that. Yeah, I like it. Him holding him up. I think there's some more try saves coming too from him. Not a great game for the ages, I'm going to say that. No. It was disappointing. We were talking about it probably being one of the flashier games of the round last mm. week. Mm. Eight points. It was disappointing. You know what else is disappointing? Uh, no. What is disappointing? Three hookers in one team, two on the bench. I think the attack suffered. From him being out there, though, and and obviously not scoring any points isn't going to win you any games. You know who's not a fan of Robbie Farah? This guy right here. Yeah. <laughs> and I say that with an open mind. Yeah. I thought he was very average. I had a close look at the game, and his first three or four moments were blatant flops, which we don't give as tackles. I'm just looking at him going, Robbie, what are you doing? You're jumping on a guy three seconds after the fact and you're getting paid millions for it. Is this really helping your team? I don't know. I just There are some players in some clubs where you just know they're going to be better once they leave and it's not to discount what he's done. He's won a premiership and he's. I'm not having a shot at him but sometimes you just need that tap on the shoulder and, and I'm not suggesting he stops playing but I think maybe at the end of last year he had the right idea by sort of 
spruiking his wares elsewhere. It didn't happen. He stayed for the money. I understand that. I respect that. But I think that Jason Taylor and Tigers have a big problem. Big problem. And it was funny that you mentioned the hooker situation, Shanaz, because that tweet that was out there by at Jess Larum, three hookers still couldn't score. It pretty much summed up the game in five words for the <laughs> yeah, look, West we're a, Tigers. We're a G-rated podcast, but that yeah. one's that one was great. No, it was good. And and the stat that for me for the Eels in their defence, the Tigers were tackled forty-two times in their attacking twenty for no tries. And even if you go back to last week against the Bulldogs, they held out the Bulldogs, I think, for twenty tackles. Uh, Will Hopawati's try was from outside the 20 metres. So their goal line defence is what's winning them these, these game schnaz. And, you know, the Bulldogs and West Tigers, you know, they've had good records coming into those games. So Eels fans, get excited. Don't start buying grand final tickets, but get excited. I think they've got a decent team on the park. Injuries are the only thing that are going to stop this team, I think, from from playing out their potential. We also want to thank everyone who voted in the League Life poll, Brooksy. Oh, yes. Which I believe you initiated, and it involved Kayser Pritchard. And I believe he won the votes in the question that was, how would you celebrate this win? What would you drink? No, no, it was just, how would you, who would you, ce- or how would you celebrate the win with Kayser VB, of New, of Pritchard? And of Pritchard... Was- 82%. Okay. I think I voted for BB. I was new. So everyone else voted for Case of Pritchard. (laughs) So that was good. Every man at some point in his life is going to lose a battle. He's going to fight and he's going to lose. But what makes him a man is that in the midst of that battle, he does not lose himself. Brooksy, the last game of the round. What a cracker it was. A little bit ugly. <laughs> yeah, I, I forgot we were an audio podcast. My eye roll didn't really work there. Sorry. Sorry to bore you there, Brooksy. <laughs> the Sharkies, 14, defeated the Melbourne Storm, 6. It was a, a good win. The Sharks never beat the Storm, so it was good to get one over them. Ben Barber was the man of the match in both attack and defense. He had a Tedesco moment where he saved a certain try from Corabetti, and it actually... I feel like it would have changed the game completely. There was, I think, nine minutes to go. They were down by eight. And I think if they score there, they go on and score again. So props to Ben Barber. He was fantastic. His try was unbelievable. It was 2012-like. The headlines I was reading and the texts I was reading from a lot of people, I don't know if you were one of them, was about Valentine Holmes' shocking game. He did blow three tries in addition to being run down by my boy Cooper Cronk from an intercept. And that surprised me. I felt like if he'd run straight the whole way, he would have had he would have scored the try. But for some reason, he came in to the left a little bit and Cronk came along and got him. And Cronk, obviously, that's his professionalism shining through there. Val Blue, three tries, as I said. Unhappy night, but he did set up the match-winning try uh, early in the second half with a great run in the middle of the field, popped it to Chad Towns, and that was the difference of the game pretty much. So it wasn't all bleak for Val, but he certainly can play better than that. That right hand looked pretty tightly strapped, Shaz. Yeah. So yeah. he's not 100%. Oh, wow. Someone mature talking about the situation. Where have you been, Brooksy, for the last 24 hours? I'm glad you said that. Yeah, like it's it's obvious. These players, some, like you want to have Valentine Holmes in your, in your team. Exactly. You wouldn't want to be dropping him because he's got a sore hand. Some of those passes were high. 
they were out in front they were behind you know like it's sometimes he's not going to catch them if people are blowing up about that they need to reassess themselves he's a match winner for the sharks it doesn't matter where you play him he's a match winner and like you said that run to set up chad townsend was a key contributor in locking out the storm so it's, it's funny how take some, the good with the bad i mean aside from the headlines and the and the neutrals it's funny not people close to me necessarily but the things I read on, on shark-related forums and that kind of thing, people who, you know, I'm not saying they're not genuine fans, but you would you would call them fans nevertheless, just bagging the bloke and, and wanting wanting him hooked and, and, oh, I told you Ben Barber was the fullback. Well, no one's doubting that. Ben Barber is the fullback. Val is going to win you a lot of games like he did last year for them. So people have very, very short memories and... It wouldn't surprise me if he bounced back this week and did something awesome against the Tigers. So, disappointing for me because I'm his biggest fan. But, you know, Melbourne were just a little bit off their game. The Sharks played a very niggling defensive type, which really got them in the grind. Uh, and they won that battle. The forwards were pretty good. Fafita was outstanding. And, and the Storm were just off their game a little bit, you know. And I, a question I had for you, Brooksy, was they, they've had not an easy run so far but it might have been their biggest test and they failed it but they'll bounce back they'll they'll they're always going to be near your top four right yeah definitely i think you know they're, they're three and oh they're three and oh heading into yeah. that game so you know that you can't win all the close ones and and they won the dragons one in round one i obviously remember that because of obvious reasons they're in a good situation they've lost one of their best ever players for the season and you know Munster's stepping up he played really well again at fullback yeah. he's he's got some stat I think it's like in his 10 last 10 starts at fullback he's he's made 13 line breaks so he's he's chiming into the attack well like your boy Curtis Scott the old Cronulla player who had his first you know hit out in the centers or not the first but you know he, a chance to cement that spot. He obviously got a leg injury, which didn't look too good. He played on for about six minutes, Schnaz, hobbling on that leg. And he was going up and down the field. It wasn't like he was slowly going. There was quite a lot of um, toing and froing from each attacking line. I can tell you that I spoke with Jack Bird during the week, and he was under the impression that Curtis Scott was going to play. So they knew that he was going to play. And he was studying for it and... And the Sharks were, I'm not going to say concerned, but they, they were aware of what they let go last year. So he would have been up for a big game at home in front of his family and friends. And That's why Bellamy probably put him in. Absolutely. And he, he wouldn't have let them down, but training. it was disappointing yeah. for him. Anyway, hopefully he bounces back soon. Yeah. No, he, uh, from what we've seen, and we talked about him in the nines and stuff that he, and the trials, that he's he is a good player. He's going to be someone that's going to be good for the future. So you've got him up your sleeve. Storm fans, but uh, yeah, it was interesting, and obviously the Sharks' win was the end of uh, the undefeated teams in the competition. So, yeah, round four we've we've concluded, and and the ladder's quite tight. If you see, there's five teams on six: Canterbury, Brisbane, Melbourne, Gold Coast, and Para. You got the Raiders sitting in on five points due to that draw with the Knights. And then you've got a logjam at four: South, North Queensland, Cronulla, West Tigers, Manly, and the Dragons. So it's good. it's it's quite a quite a tight comp early on as it as it is because there's only generally four games being played. But I hope they maintain that somehow. I mean, you're going to have a few teams maybe struggling, but 
Yeah. I, I honestly hope that it's a close comp. And there yeah. will be some outstanding leaders as well, and it might be the Broncos or, you know, one of those high-profile teams. But hopefully hopefully it's just not a, a race that's won early. I hope that it goes down to the last round, you know, for a lot of different positions. That'd be awesome. This game is not over. This battle is not over. So let's hear it one more time. Together. Clear eyes, full hearts. Let's go! So yeah, round five's here, Schnaz. So we start off tomorrow night, Thursday. Seagulls, Rabbitohs at Brookvale. Should be interesting. We've got ex-Souths players in the halves for Manly. Walker and Coruscant. I think that's an issue for me. Yeah, I mean, they're going to struggle without DCE. I was saying to you off-air that I thought maybe Parcel might play in the halves because he's, he's got that talent for me to, to cover a different a different position. But I guess there's not a whole lot they can do about it. I do have to bring up, while we're in this Manly game, a moment in the podcast that's been missing for a few weeks, Sam's man of the round. Ooh, yes. And that was Vave from Manly. Now, he'll be playing again this week. And he's a different man than what he has been in the past. He's only a young fella, actually. He'd probably be like in his early 20, maybe 24. In the off-season, has lost around 20 kilograms. So he's literally the shadow, a shadow of a man that he used to be. Literally. <laughs> and he's playing a lot more minutes, and he's a yep. lot more dominant, and he's played the balls a lot quicker. And I've been really impressed with him in the first four weeks. And I think he'll be a, a mainstay on their bench, which is you know a pretty crowded bench with a lot of those forwards. But I think he's really putting his hand up this year. So... The round four, Sam's man of the episode was Sal's. How do I say? How do I say his name? The round four man. This is funny. You should. Sam's round four man of the episode was Vave from Manly. I hope we keep this in. Don't edit this out, Schnaz, because oh, right, this right. is like a little bit of you know what happens behind the scenes here in the league life. <laughs> I think the big thing for me, I'm I'm tipping South because Cherry Evans out, Sam Burgess in. I think that's a big enough swing for me to tip South. Um, and South will remember, I remember being at the game last year, the corresponding game last year at Brookie, the Manly forward pack. And it wasn't that crash hot last year, dominated the South pack. And I think the Rabbitohs pack will remember that. And I like Sam Burgess being back. George Burgess, he needs to step up. He hasn't in the last few weeks. Grevesmull's into the starting lineup. Nathan Brown looked all right last week. I think he was him and Grevesmill were the leading meter eaters for the Rabbitohs. So, look, I think the Rabbitohs will probably come home there with the two points. And then Friday night, Seabus Super Stadium, our soft spot Titans against the Foreign yeah. Broncos in the South Queensland Derby. This is their best chance um, for a while now to really, really dominate a match against the Broncos and. I'm probably going to tip the Broncos here, Brooksy, but I think it's going to be real close and it would not surprise me if there was an upset. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this one. Titans definitely match it with them in the forwards. Nathan Friend comes back in. Ryan James moves to the starting lineup. Add Ignatius Parsi to the bench, which I really like. The weapon off the bench. But you look at the back lines and I think that's where the Broncos outperform the Titans. They've got the halves. They've got the outside backs. 
Corey Oates, Jack Reed back into the side from Ooh. last week's team. Corey Oates, former Sam's Man of the Episode winner. There you go, yeah. I think he was the last one that you did, wasn't it? The, and first, the first and the last one before Varve. So, yeah, I think that's going to be the, the key for the Broncos if the outside backs can, can win that battle with the Titans. James Roberts going up against his old club. Ash Taylor and Josh Hoffman against the Broncos. Taylor's been good. The next game, Saturday afternoon, 3 o'clock down in Melbourne. Melbourne Storm, Newcastle Knights. Yeah, that's right. I'm really fearing for Knights fans in this game after the Storm's loss to the Sharks. Yeah, I think that's an issue, Brooksy. Um, the Knights have won their last two against against Melbourne. They have done well down there in the past, haven't they, Schnatt? Recently, yes, yeah. but... Look, I actually think that the Storm will put a big score against them. Mm-hmm. And that's that's not an obvious statement for me. That's a, a thought-out statement. Yeah, Kevin Proctor, who was a late withdrawal from the Sharks game, comes back into the team. And Sione Matayutia comes into the centres in the Knights squad. So, yeah, I, I'm a bit afraid for the Knights there. But, look, I'm tipping Storm well. I think they'll cover the start there. Uh, next Saturday game... The West Tigers against the Sharks at Campbelltown. Mm. This is an interesting one. Gal's back. Gal's back. What's the vibe with Gal back? We're all excited. Excitement. Captain's back. It's good. Sharkies haven't won there since 2002 in Campbelltown. I'm struggling to remember a win there, to be honest. Uh, but I think they'll have enough points in them to win the game. Yeah, Robbie Farris starts for the Tigers. And Chris Lawrence comes back into the team as well. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. There's a, there's a bit of history, obviously, with the Sharks and Tigers. You've got Fafida and Hyington. Um, Hyington's one of, the, uh, one, of the own, one of the three players that have played 200 games for the club. So he, he'll be looking to have a big game off the bench for the Sharkies. I, I think you guys will roll in Monday night with another win here. Ripper. I'm not chalking it up, put it that way, but yeah. I think if, if everything no goes the plan, they, they should win the game. No Storm Knights sort of chalking there? No. 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 And then Saturday night, Cowboys-Dragons, the first of the, the sunshine swing for the Dragons, who have the three ne- next three games in Queensland. So the main main ins and outs here is uh, Javid Bowen's going to debut for Kane Linnett and Benji Marshall's back in the halves. It's a it's a Cowboys win for mine, but if we can get one win in Queensland, I, I think it's a positive sign for the Dragons. Tough year this year to do the tour. Oh yeah, we've got the two grand finalists, and and because what we said about the Eels, the good thing about what they've done, play the Cowboys and Broncos in the first two games, it sort of it seems like it's galvanised the team. So that's what I'm looking for here. If we can go one and one against the Cowboys and the Broncos in these next two, I'll be cheering. It doesn't you, matter which one. You'd be chewing anyway, Brooks. Yeah, but the Cowboys coming off the loss to the Broncos will look for a big performance up there. I, 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 it's hard to tip against the Cowboys there. On Sunday Arvo, we've got another sort of interesting situation. We've got Roosters-Warriors. Two of us are Sheck's first game against the Roosters. Both teams struggling at the start of the year. The Warriors got the win last week, as we mentioned. How do you think that one's going to play out, Chinez? I honestly think that if the Warriors turn up and play to their capabilities and, and don't worry about how hot it is and all that and the travel, if they can really have their heads on, I, I think they can win the game. But, you know, the Roosters need to turn it around pretty quick. It'll be interesting to see the crowd up at the Sunny Coast for that one. I think that the Warriors are an exciting team. And 
Yeah, and it would be interesting to see how many Roosters fans travel up. I think it's going to be a predominantly Warriors fan. That'll help. Um, That'll help. Base the, the game. So, yeah, it, it could be an extra home game for the Warriors. We've got two more to finish the round. Sunday Arvo. We've got Eels-Panthers. Battle of the West. Battle of the West. Yeah. Jennings playing against the Panthers oh, after, you know, he obviously had the stint at the Roosters, yeah. but there's a backstory there. And you got Matt Moylan coming back, as we mentioned. So that's the big one for me, Brooks. Yeah. If he can gel and click, which is a big ask yeah. being out for so long, but he's a talented young fella. If, if, if he can gel with them, then they're going to have a lot more points in them. And that might be enough to win the game. Parramatta are not a high-scoring team at the moment. Their defense, though, is really, really fantastic, as we've covered. So... It's at Parra, did you say? Yeah, Pertex Stadium, Sunday other, yeah. I'm back in the home team in. Yeah. I've got to give a shout-out to our Bo Scott with the defensive stats. He's made 128 tackles without a miss this year. It's not too bad. It's pretty good. You can't, you can't bag that out. There's and, no faulting and, there. And we, you know, we sort of called out the signing with the Eels earlier oh, in the yeah. season. And we've got to, like, he's, he's been, he's been playing, great. playing overs, I think, for what we expected. So, yeah. Credit where credit's due there. He's been phenomenal for him. He just fits in well in that pack. Agreed. Then, then the final game at Belmore, Monday night. We're back. Bulldogs, Raiders. This is going to be a good one, Brooksy. Yeah. Remember that game I remember a few years ago? It was 41-34 down in Canberra between these two teams. They seem to seem to throw up some really good fixtures. You were saying the halves are back for the Raiders? Yeah, the uh, Austin Caesar salad is back in the halves, which is good. That's huge. And that, that really brings them into this game. Yeah, just it, it solidifies that pack again. Elliot Whitehead goes back into the back row. Hodgson plays more of that hooking role. So I feel like the emotion of being at Belmore and, and just the role the dogs are on is going to be too much for the Raiders, but they're going to make it a contest for sure. And this is a good test for the Raiders pack. Like They've lost Lima, and we, as we've mentioned, the Bulldogs, one of the better packs in the league. I'd like to see how they come up against them. If they win that battle, then I guess we have to consider the Raiders a, a chance of making the finals this year. Well, we have oh, said yeah. that, but as a serious sort of finals contender, yeah, yeah. you know? And and now that they've got their halves back, it'll be interesting to see how they play this one out. I, it's it's going to be a hard one to tip. I might, it might be just a spur-of-the-moment tip, Monday, 6.47 p.m. <laughs> like, if you're in a tipping comp like that online where you can change your tips... It's going to be a hard round of tip, other than the Melbourne Storm Knights game, but uh, which we hope we're wrong about. We, we hope we're wrong. I'm, I'm just, I'm just picking. I, I'm, I'm just joking. But yeah, usually these games, people are wrong. You know, like, there'll be a market about they're going to score four thousand points in a game, and guess what? Newcastle win. So let's let's see how Brownie goes getting the boys up. But it's going to be a tough battle for him. It will be. Brooksy, as usual, it's been a busy week for the league life. We've had some great feedback from social media. I would like you to tell our listeners who don't know how to get in touch with us how to get in touch with us. Okay, we're on Twitter, at League Life NRL. We're on Facebook, The League Life with Brooksy and Schnaz, the page there. We're on Instagram, at League Life NRL. Instagram's changed, Schnaz. Turn on notifications, League Life NRL. Otherwise, you're just going to get models spruiking coconut water which which isn't necessarily a bad thing but uh yeah turn on your notifications everyone was losing their proverbial uh yeah 
yeah about about not being seen on people's uh, instagram feeds over the week so yeah we're on instagram we're posting some photos and stats and our little moments at games as well send in yours as well we're happy to post them and 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 plug your instagram accounts as well and you can obviously find the podcast on soundcloud www.soundcloud.com forward slash legal life nrl and we're on the itunes the podcast app just look for legal life podcast you'll be able to find us subscribe to us rate the podcast if Mm. you want and we're also on podcast services stitcher wooshka and the pocket cast for the androids God, we should have just recorded that and I could just play it at the end of every episode. That was that was one take, everyone. We have that option to do that, but we like to keep it real here. Yeah. And you'll notice the change if it if it happens. You'll notice. <laughs> Brooksy will be a bit, even more smoother. Yeah. But Brooksy, it's been a great week. I'm looking yeah. forward to the rugby league coming up. It doesn't end. Just it's 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 one year of rugby league non-stop the weeks the weeks don't end is what i'm trying to say it's been a big week oh forgot to shout out sam burgess is back this week 100th game muzzle for the bunnies good on him it's it it looked very dire two weeks ago and it's great to see him back out on the field and playing his 100th game all right brooksy it's been my pleasure to do this with you as usual thank you for joining me i thank you for joining me, you thank me for joining you. I always get this bit wrong, but you know what I'm trying to say. I no, love you, man. It's awesome. I, I, I look in, I'm in my head going, yep, thank me, thank you, yep, no worries. Yep, thank you. Thank you, Schnurz. It's not as easy as it sounds, you know. We're going to be back really soon, so we hope you enjoy this episode. Please share it around with all your rugby league friends. Get in touch with us during the week. We love to hear from you. And I will say Marcus, bye for now. See you. See you later.